Hello and welcome. That reminded me of the fantastic line from Mrs. Doubtfire. Hello! <laughs> Fabulous. Robin Williams, I miss that man. Welcome to A Queen Deep Diversion. If you're not familiar with my podcast, first of all, hello. This is Charlie Tate. You're listening to Tater Thoughts. And one of my many themes, it's expanded quite a bit since I started this over two years ago now, but one of my many themes is, of course, music and queen primarily. I'm going through my queen deep dives. And after every series of dives, after every album is completed, I reveal to you my lovely, fabulous listeners. You guys are fabulous. I reveal my pick for who stole my attention the most, and I call these my queen deep diversions. They're not really dives. Yes, I do talk about the man I couldn't stop listening to, paying attention to the most. I also recap the album, but it's not really a dive. (laughs) It's a little bit different, so diversion. It's more fun. Anyway, Thank you for tuning in today. We, of course, just wrapped up Hot Space. Can you believe it? Queen's 10th album, released in 1982, Hot Space. I feel like it took a while to get through this one, and I think that's my own fault, (laughs) because I was a little bit uh, lazy and unfortunately fell behind on my goal of doing episodes more often. But nonetheless, here we are, finally done with Hot Space, and we just wrapped up Under Pressure the other day. That was fun. I I was surprised how fun it was to learn more about that song. You always think that you know a lot about these songs that you know so well and this band that I love so much. And surprisingly, there were quite a few things that jumped out at me. Quotes from the boys a plenty. It was fabulous to go through all of those quotes from every single member of the band. It was wonderful. But now we're going to talk about the man, the queen, who I could not get over as I was listening to Hot Space. There's always one. In rare cases, there is an honorable mention. I think I did that with a day at the races. I don't know. Let's recap here. Let's see. Roger stole my attention on Queen. It was all Freddie on Queen 2. It was John on Sheer Heart Attack. Brian, a night at the opera. I know, surprising, but hey, Freddie stole my attention on a day at the races. And yeah, I think it was honorable mention I gave to John there. Roger was back stealing my attention away on News of the World. Brian was all craziness in jazz on jazz. John took it for the game. And of course, Brian was my focus on Flash Gordon. And let me remind you that when I say this man stole my attention the most on this album, it doesn't mean the others were bad by any stretch. It doesn't mean that they were lacking. It simply means that this one person is the one that took everything and really punched it up to the next level, and I just could not stop focusing on him while I was listening to the bulk of the songs. And for Hot Space, that man, drum roll please, or maybe I should say really aggressive vocal please, it's 
Freddie. Of course it's Freddie. Freddie on hot space. Freddie is the epitome of hot space. How is that to say the Freddie Mercury? The epitome of hot space. To me, anyway. His obvious enthusiasm on just about every song, every one of this album's tracks is enough to impress. But beyond that, his contributions vocally and instrumentally, consistently wow. Moreover, he stretches creatively here, giving us aggressive, sexy songs, contrasted with reflective and thoughtful numbers. Out of all the boys, Freddie is the one who drives the most experimentation with genre on hot space, for better or for worse. No matter what you think about those contributions, he took the band in new and interesting places. And despite the brilliance on display from every queen, Freddie constantly steals my attention. His flawless, pristine falsetto in Cool Cat. His energized, loud, dynamic delivery in Stay in Power and Put Out the Fire the tender emotional admission of his own Life is Real song for Lennon, the synth bass he punches out in not one, but two songs, and of course, his improvised brilliance that survived to the final cut of Under Pressure. He even came up with the album cover concept, that Andy Warhol-like boldness of colors. What stands out to me more than almost anything else is Freddie's increasingly all-encompassing talent as he takes most of the reins on several songs and his ability to express himself so boldly, creatively, in just about any genre is astounding. There are no boundaries with Freddie. We've heard him grow over the years. And at this point, it's clear that no matter what the boys do, Freddie's got it covered. Yes, you could say that about all of them, but really, Freddie, as that frontman, as that lead singer, as that expressive performer, has it entirely covered. And therefore, I think he takes the cake on hot space. That's not to say no, the other guys were also brilliant. Sorry, yes, the other guys were also brilliant, as they always are. And I want to talk about hot space in general as we close out this fun, funky album. Of course, if you remember, the guys dabbled in minimal rhythm-driven arrangement, really starting with the game in 1980. That was the first time they decided to go that route. Another One Bites the Dust really hit it big time, was their biggest seller in many countries ever, catapulted them to domineering superstardom in many, many countries. So they decided to explore that a little bit more. Some members of the band more keen on that than others. And they went to the extreme with Hot Space. And as I was reviewing my notes for the album again, and I was reading about it, and I was reading the fan sentiment and the critics, the overwhelming opinion is that the timing of this album's release is really what diminished it so much, not necessarily the style. Because when the guys released this in 82, disco was a dirty word. And unfortunately, that minimal dance funk approach immediately 
put this in the disco dance category to many, many people, including longtime fans and DJs who would spin their rock-oriented sound on the regular. So this was something that left a lot of people baffled. Well, what are we supposed to do with this? So stations that used to play Queen didn't or couldn't play this because it wasn't in that genre. It wasn't in the Queen genre, which we could argue, is there one? (laughs) Is there one? There's definitely more than one. I don't think you can put Queen into a genre. And that's why I love them so much. But a lot of longtime Queen fans were taken aback by Hot Space. And that's understandable. If I had been alive back then and I had been a a, a massive fan, and I'm sure I would have been, it would have been a shock. And I realize, I'm so sorry, I just said would have been a million times. It would have stunned me if, if I'd put this on my turntable and I'd started playing it and thought, what is this synth bass? What are these claps? What is this brass? Hey, hey, what, what is this from Freddie? What is this? Being me, I would have appreciated the diversity in the sound and their approach and their stretching themselves. Because let's face it, the, the guys were, this was new for them, but it wasn't new. A lot of people these days will try to say, well, Queen did something innovative here, but they actually didn't. What they were doing was taking a well-known genre, which was funk and disco and dance and that more minimalistic rhythm-driven approach, and they were applying it to their sound. So what they did wasn't revolutionary. It wasn't something that wasn't heard before. It was just a different spin on it. It it was the queen spin on it, and therefore it made it something unique. But it really wasn't something that would have astounded or surprised unless it was simply because people were appalled (laughs) that the guys were playing something like this. There were the people that thought, hey, this is different, but I can dig this. And there are people now who were fans back then. They were kind of turned off by it. They were unsure about it. I think these songs played live made a big difference. And I would say that from my own perspective, hearing the Hot Space songs in a live setting I I almost said life-changing, but it really does change your mind about Hot Space because you get that rock infusion. You get the live, heavier, boomier drums. You get that electric guitar. You know, there the queen's spirit is realized on the Hot Space songs, and that's where they shine even more or perhaps for the better, depending on your opinion about Hot Space in general. Now, I think... I still think that if this album, there's a, there's a couple of different things. I maintain that if this album was done by another artist, if it wasn't so surprising that Queen dropped an album like this, it would have been received far more positively upon its release, even in 1982 at a time when dance music was on the out for a little while. Maybe not dance music as a whole, but you you guys get it. That kind of disco and funky infusion. It was starting to fade. It was not hip anymore. Now, as Roger once said, or was it, who said that? Was it Roger that Queen was never hip? Queen was never in style. And that's what made them so unique. That's why a lot of people gravitated toward them. You could even say that Hot Space, because it it, it was released at a time when, when that sound was no longer hip, it's even more fitting that Queen would release it at that time. But I do think that if this wasn't Queen, if, this, if these exact songs 
were done by another artist who was already known for that style, it would have gone over a lot differently. I think it would have been appreciated more. I, I think, I think it, it would have been enjoyed a lot more. And I want to talk about the structure of the album itself, the differences between side A and side B, side one, side two, et cetera, et cetera. So side one has a lot of minimal funk synth heavy stuff. A lot. You know, we've got the opener, staying power. We've got body language. We've got back chat, which is incredibly funk filled, thanks to Freddie John's infusions there. But a lot of the songs on the, on the front side, on the first side, are so, they're pushing that boundary so much that it almost is outside the realm of what you could deem acceptable for Queen by some fan standards, absolutely. And then what you get, so, so those songs too, they're not only very minimal in dance, but they're also very sexy and extraordinarily edgy. And I think there's a different attitude there because of the vibe, the jive of those songs. Side two is almost decidedly more classic Queen, and it makes you wonder if that was intentional. Because we have Las Palabras de Amor, which brings to mind folksier, more elaborate songs from things like A Day at the Races. Put Out the Fire, which is a heavier rockin' number. The vibe of those songs is entirely different in a lot of ways from the first side. We do still have that dance sound, but it's much more muted here on the second side. And I, I think the second side, ultimately, that's where you find Queen. If you're a little bit opposed to the first side, the second side is much more easy to digest as a Queen fan or someone who's on the fence about this album in general. I mean, you've got some great tracks there. The performances are all top-notch as always, but I think some of my favorite songs on Hot Space in general are on side two. I love Las Palabras de Amor. I, I love that song. That is one of my favorites on the whole album. I really enjoy Calling All Girls by Roger. Under Pressure, of course, the crowning jewel of the entire album. It's at the very, very end. I think it was a wise decision to take that song and slap it on there. I think it's a, it's a beautiful closer for the album. And I, I think it's, as I just said in that dive, it's a standout, not just on the album, but as a whole, because we have this miraculous collaboration with the one and only David Bowie. And it puts such a wonderful bookend to this album. It, it really does emphasize the creativity, the intention of the album, which I think was very, very real. I don't think the guys ever went into anything without a ton of intention and a genuine goal for something. They weren't just throwing things together. Of course, they were all writing and they would bring their ideas to the table. But I, I always feel like when I see these albums as a whole, I listen to them as a whole, I take them in, there's a lot of intention there. That's what I love about the guys. Of course, Under Pressure was very different because Bowie had a massive influence on the way they were making the song. And he wanted it to evolve organically and naturally. So don't worry about putting the structure in there. He was adamant about that. Let's just let things go and let's see how it develops. And that's exactly what we get is this miraculous thing. So there was a ton of intention 
on the album as a whole, even if Under Pressure was this one-off quirky little thing that was almost magically born into being. But it's interesting to consider where the guys were at this point. I, I remarked about their, their disagreements, the tension in the band at the time. The press loved to exaggerate and say, oh my gosh, Queen are on the rocks. It's coming to an end. But really what you had here was four guys who'd been doing this for over a decade at that point have released, this is their 10th album, have released all of these songs, all of this music. They've been all over the world. At some point, you're going to hit a bit of a wall. And I think with the shift in their personal lives, their habits, their lifestyles, their families, all of these things are happening. You know, they're all in their 30s at this point, pretty much, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's at that point, a lot of things change in your life. And of course, you've known each other forever. Brian and Roger especially have known each other for a very long time. So there's going to be disagreements and tension. I mean, that happened all the time. But I talked about how when I kicked off this album, that that tension may have very well been a part of what made this album sound the way it does. That you have these very overtly edgy sexual things. You have these very aggressive pieces that have a staunch opinion. And then you have these softer pieces that are more reflective. There's a lot of dynamic in the emotion of Hot Space. And I suppose that's always been the case with Queen. But there's, I almost want to say a mismatch of emotions on Hot Space that's very intriguing to me because this doesn't feel as cohesive an album. I definitely get the sense of direction they wanted to take here. But it also feels kind of disjointed at times. And like there are moments where it was very much a one-man show. And we know that because there are songs that were played almost entirely by one person. And that has happened before. But I, I would say that it seems to me that's happened more prominently on this album than it has on any other where one man sat down and did almost all the instruments and, and sang everything. So this is one of the first cases we've seen that. And that's because we have this kind of tension going on. And what's going to happen as we move forward, and I'm really excited to get into the next album, you guys, but we're going to have a little bit of a break here. The guys are going to take a breather. They're going to go off and do some collaborations and fiddle around with some stuff. But they're not finished. And they're going to regroup and come back, and it's going to be another shift. So I've talked about the number of times we have shifted with these boys. It's going to happen again. But this next time when I introduce the next album, you might be surprised my opinion about it. I'm not going to say anything yet, but I have some pretty strong opinions myself about it. I suppose they're always, my opinions are always very passionate when it comes to Queen, but I think you'll be a little bit surprised about what I have to say. But that is for the next album. Right now, we are wrapping up Hot Space, Queen's little, hey, their diversion into the dance realm that some say was a huge misstep, some say is the absolute worst. I would argue nothing Queen does is bad. These guys are on top of it. 
Their skill is unmatched. They're so good at what they do. And I think they tried doing something different partially because they wanted to change it up. They they were always quick to admit that. They get bored before anyone else does and they want to keep themselves interested. At the same time, they want to make music that people can relate to, that has a message. And I think they, they achieved that goal here, maybe not as others would have wanted it done, but I still think they did what they set out to do. And this next time we're going to talk about, yeah, we'll keep that in mind. My little statement about how they get bored before everyone else and they want to change it up. Just keep that in mind because that, that is one of the reasons I have such a strong opinion about the next album, but we'll talk about that then. In the meantime, you guys, yes, I think I'm going to end this episode. Yeah, Freddie Mercury on Hot Space epitomizes Hot Space to me. There are too many moments where he shines so dang bright on this album that I simply have to give it to him. And a lot of it is those vocal performances, especially Cool Cat. That's a stunning little one. But go back and listen to Hot Space again. Just turn it on. Turn it on on your drive or your walk or your run or while you're putting around the house. Just turn it on and listen to the whole thing all the way through. A lot of people don't listen to albums all the way through anymore. And I, I'm sad about that because that is a lost experience, I think, that I used to absolutely adore. I loved listening from start to finish. It was a journey. It was an adventure. So go back and have that adventure with Queen's 1982, Hot Space, and we'll be back next time to... I might do another episode about something not queen related but after that we're gonna kick off album 11 can you believe it wow what dive is it gonna be i don't even know it's been so many dives you guys i've talked about so many songs over a hundred and i'm not bored (laughs) i hope you're not either because this is fun i really love i genuinely love discovering new things not just for myself but i love finding facts and quotes and curating everything and giving it to you because it's, it's this wonderful little ball of joy that I, and I, I dig it that I get to put it together. And I hope you guys enjoy it too. But I'll be back next time. Keep yourselves alive. Keep yourselves alive. Keep yourselves alive. All you people. Keep yourselves alive. I can hear that in my head, the live performance. I love it. Go check that out and listen to it again. Always a good day for a keep yourself, keep, yeah. (laughs) I've said it so many times wrong. I forget the titles, keep yourself alive. Yeah. Never a bad day to listen to a live version of that one or any of them for that matter, but I'm going to stop rambling. You guys go kick it. Enjoy. And I'll be back next time.